two super quick announcements before we get started with the podcast today. One is that if you had trouble hearing episode 24, which was the first in this two-part series we're finishing today, the glitch has now been remedied. This will apply to those who heard or downloaded it before late afternoon the day it aired. So if you were already subscribed to the podcast, even if you didn't listen to it then because it had already downloaded, you may want to go back undownload it and re-download it, and then you'll hear the whole thing smoothly. I'd love to blame it on technology, but it was the human using the technology that made that glorious, annoying fade happen. And two, this is a much more fun announcement to make. If you'd like to join a scripture memory challenge, I highly encourage you to join me in memorizing Psalm 91. It's just 16 verses all about kicking fear to the curb and trusting in an ever-faithful God, something I am currently needing to renew my mind with. And what better way to have accountability and success than to do this in community? So you can memorize it at your own pace with your own version. I'll be doing the CSB version, and we'll be encouraging each other and practicing via the recorded message feature on the free Voxer app. Our goal is to be done by the end of February. gives us plenty of time. If you'd like to be a part of the challenge via that chat, there will be a direct link with the instructions in the show notes today, or you can just email me at ShellySneedUP at gmail.com. That's Shelly with only one E, Sneed with an E-A, and the letters UP for unperfect. I can't wait to memorize the word with you guys. By the way, the folks who get my weekly newsletter found out about this last week, so if you're not signed up, do it, and you won't miss out on opportunities like this in the future. I know I sounded really weird when I said do it. I was trying to imitate Emperor Palpatine for you Star Wars fans out there. Anyway, plus, you also get a few extra weekly musings from me. How fun is that? What I'm learning, what I'm reading, stuff like that. So sign up at the link in the show notes or on my website at ShellySneed.com. And now, let's get on with the podcast. Welcome to the Unperfect Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Sneed, and I'm here to help you see glimpses of God's glory among life's imperfections. If you've ever struggled with measuring up to an unattainable standard or wondered where is God during less than perfect circumstances, you're not alone. Hope and probably a bit of humor are coming up. Today in episode 25, I continue my discussion with registered dietitian Jane Curry Weaver for part two of 12 reasons you don't have peace at your table. So if you missed part one, head back over to episode 24, where we cover the first eight reasons you don't have peace at your table. They were so real, true, and helpful to hash out. They ranged from feeling rushed to not even having a table, to giving shame a seat, food scars, and emotional eating, just to name a few. But today we start back up with reason number nine, which is one of the biggest struggles moms can face at mealtime. Listen in. Okay, this next one I know is going to hit home with a lot of people. (laughs) Yes, so number nine is picky eating. Some who dine with me will not eat what I make no matter how hard I try. So this one deserves its own series. And in fact, I will be doing that um, at the contented (laughs) table. 
Um, so nice. yes, definitely. So selective eaters is another way to describe our lovely little ones who only want to eat, you know, goldfish and chicken nuggets. Um, it's really, honestly, it really has increased in recent years. I've seen that in my practice. It's really exponentially increased. It's my number one reason for referral right now. Um, and mm. parents and caregivers, their hearts are in the right place. They're doing everything they can to get their child to eat something. Um, but it's just they're hitting a brick wall. So, And some of the things that we've just forgotten, um, that we humans have to learn to like new foods. You know, um, we know that right. kiddos need time and repetition to learn to brush their teeth or tie their shoes. Um, but if, if they don't like a food, we forget that it's just today that they don't like it. It's not a forever, you know, don't right. like it. Right. So it's just, right. yeah, so taking that stance of, oh, well, you don't like it today, no big deal, um, rather than giving up. So, but the other thing, too, I've noticed, and this is just me, it's not research, it's just something that I've noticed and from my perspective, is the culture of parenting has changed to give our children a lot of choice. Um, and that feels kind, but it really doesn't work when it comes to food. And what I mean by mm. that is too many choices can really be too much for a little one. So, for instance, if we're asking our four-year-old, what would you like for lunch? The answer is going to be the same thing over and over again because that's what's familiar to them. It's just too big a question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like asking them, where do you want to go on vacation? <laughs> right? Right. It's too big a question. Yeah. Um, it's going to be yeah. um, grandma's house or, or Disney World. <laughs> because right. But they know. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting that that was your number one reason for referrals now. That is very is. interesting that it's that that that's kind of where we've come. And and I'll say too, and then I, I do want to hear your strategy because we need lots of them. But um, I would say too, it's not just the little ones. Like I, in some ways, it was easier to feed my younger, my kids when they were younger. Um, maybe I wasn't giving a lot of variety or right. whatever. But, um, but now it's like I can cook something and three-fourths of the family is going to like it yeah. or two-thirds. or what, And I almost, it's like hit or miss. Like right. I've gotten to the point where I have to say, okay, everybody tell me one thing you want me to make this week. I'll try to make at least one thing that everybody likes, but you're just not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hit it out of the park for everybody every time. That's you know, right. This person doesn't like soup. This person wants soup every night. This person oh, doesn't no. like cheese. It's and I, you know, it's it's like yep. um, chasing. So the it's wind. interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, and when we're talking yeah, big ones, I guess it's different strategy than little ones. So I'll start with little ones. Um, is really for them just giving them a choice of two foods. So I don't mean two meals. I mean two ways a food is prepared or two foods that are similar. So for instance, for a snack. It's between two things. You have you don't really care which it is. So, for instance, do you want apple slices or pear slices? Do you want apples with a yogurt dip or by themselves? You know, so very simple. So you are giving them choice. It's an age-appropriate choice. They feel like they can have some say in it. You feel like you're giving them something. But it's just a narrow choice that helps them feel secure in the moment because you're making the heavy part of that choice and they get to do the light part, which is um, better for them and more restful. Yeah, I love that because then you're also, you're making sure they get whatever nutrients you're wanting them to get, you That's know, right. instead of saying, do you want the apple slices or do you want the goldfish crackers Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like, do you want to eat your carrots now before dinner or do you want them cooked or raw tonight for supper? So just very simple things like that. Yeah. And yes. then for older ones, um, 
we can drive ourselves crazy trying to keep everybody happy. And in the end, it's just never going to be what we want it to be. Um, but just if we have something at that meal that we know they like, they'll fill up on that. So maybe it's, right. you know, soup with garlic bread. We know this one loves the soup and this one loves the garlic bread. One's going to eat That's more soup, great. one more garlic bread. It all evens out, you know, in the end. Um, so, Absolutely. And sometimes that may be just like milk, you know, that's the thing they like. So they fill up on milk that night, whatever. As long as there's just one thing that you know that they like, rather than trying to cater the whole meal to everybody or making different meals, because we know we don't. Yeah, that's exhausting. Yes, that is a great idea. And I'm really glad you told me because we are having soup tonight. And yeah. the kid that doesn't like soup really does like bread. So oh, perfect. <laughs> that is, You're done. <laughs> that may be the way I sell him on this. On you this got day. it. No, that, that's, a, that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're moving along. Number 10 is cravings take over and I feel out of control when I eat. So that's a hard one. Yeah. Yes. And cravings sometimes we will try to control them with willpower. And who has extra willpower? I mean, it's kind of used right. up on a lot of things. Because I would like some of it. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, okay, so looking at the reasons first why we're craving, um, and as we've kind of talked about that, that helps us potentially tweak our eating to lessen the intensity or having the cravings at all. So I have a couple of posts, and I'll give you those links, Shelley, so if people want to learn sure. more about that. Um, but, you know, the reasons behind cravings can be biological. Maybe we set ourselves up to crave those. We've talked about emotional reasons why we crave, if it's comfort foods or maybe the habit or the opportunity is there, um, or maybe it's scarcity that you haven't had a lot of food lately. And so then now it's suddenly there. So then kind of things get out of control. Um, but balancing eating, like as I speak in these posts, like making sure when you do, when you do eat, it's kind of what have I got and what am I missing? So if I just have like craft dinner or just plain macaroni, there's really no protein or fiber, fiber or vegetables that's going to really sustain me long. Like, I mean, I have boys, right. you do too. They can eat a box and be back in an hour. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> But, you know, if we throw in some protein in there and maybe some vegetables, then that's going to hold us longer. So that that's a way we can help decrease the biological drive drive for cravings, just to give you an idea there. But um, And the other thing to remember, too, if you're finding things are out of control around the body shame, around the cravings, um, and, you know, it's getting beyond what is... Um, you know, maybe I don't want to say typical because that's not the right word, but beyond your comfort level that you know, you know what, I, I need to get some help. I do encourage you to get local help because um, there's people with skills in this that can help walk alongside you to help you um, address those reasons why behind the cravings and help you get to wellness. Yeah. yeah. That's a great idea too, because I think a lot of times we don't realize, I know a, a friend of mine who was, um, on a weight loss journey, but she, she had finally decided to do it the right way. And like she was finding it was so related to grief from losing her father mm -hmm. and different. So she, she needed to do a lot of healing um, psychologically and right. emotionally that was going to affect that. So yeah, that definitely. Yeah. And, exactly. and I know for me, like I'm an all or nothing. Like, like I said, if the, yeah. if the Hershey kisses bowl is out, I'm going to eat a hundred. If I can't, you know, if I have to reach down a couple of layers of wherever I've put it, I don't know that much makes a difference it because does. I really don't have that self-control. But even for me, I found out that my, um, cause one of my doctors, um, I, I must've been telling her about some fat diet or something I was going to try. And she said, you know what? I can refer you to a nutritionist and your insurance will cover it, which I didn't realize that. Okay, there you um, go. And that was huge for me because she's the one that started teaching me a lot about 
fiber and the, these different kinds of foods that, you know, maybe was second nature to some people, but that just wasn't, you know. Yeah. Like every year that you, you hear something else. That's, that's right. The new fad and the new whatever. And she was just like, back to basics. Here's, mm -hmm. you know, and letting me know which foods have this, that. Um, it, it was it was a great experience. So I, I recommend that to people all the time now. Ask if you're, because um, this was even an over the, this was a Zoom I could do with her. Okay. I didn't have to leave the house. Nice. And then she would send me recipes. She would send me, okay. you know, and, and she would, she put me on an app where like, it had my goals and it wasn't like I wasn't trying to lose weight. I was, I was just right. trying to eat healthier. And right. so she would be like, okay, well, she, she's, she was like, let's try eating five fruits or vegetables a day. And I was like, let's try three. Like <laughs> we're, we're starting from Hershey kisses. We've got a long way to go. So, awesome. um, but, but it was great. And yeah. she worked with me. So yeah, and it was yeah. customized to you. The difference that I'm hearing is what exactly. you're saying is that all those things out there that we can see on the internet, on our phone, is one size fits all apparently. And they promise all these outcomes. But what you did was you were able to find something that was customized to you and you were able to um, implement that. Because you're like, Absolutely. yeah, let's start at three rather than at five, right? Because I know that's doable for me. Okay, so number 11 um, is... Uh, is cooking skills. So this could be such a large variant for everybody of where you are on this um, based on experience and opportunities that you've had. But perhaps cooking skills are not there yet for you or simply you just do not have interest in learning to cook or to cook or maybe you're overwhelmed to even start. Um, so for me, I'm a home cook. I'm not a chef, but I know a huge barrier to eating well for some is feeling uncomfortable in the kitchen and not knowing where to start. Um, so maybe, sure. yeah, so maybe we didn't have someone to show us, um, yet we feel that we're failing because we're not providing what we think we should. And that word should is never restful. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's part of my heart too. And, and part of my ministry is I have a section, um, in my, um, newsletter, it's plain Jane recipes. And like I yes. said, not a chef. I just want to help walk, walk alongside some that need some boost and confidence in the kitchen to just get started. And that really is what, um, what helps. I, I used to teach a basic cooking skills class and it was just magical watching, um, adults after four sessions go from, I don't even know how to chop something to realizing after <laughs> right. four times, like, I can actually do this. Not that they were chefs or professional cooks by the end, but they just got over the hump to say, okay, I can actually do this. And so, yeah, yeah just walking alongside um, someone that you know that already um, cooks in the kitchen to just to see how this works. Some people find like the home delivery meals are helpful because it shows them what to start with when. Um, yeah. That can be pricey for some. But anyway, just um, that can be something that is hard for people and steals the rest. Absolutely. And I, I just jotted down a couple of thoughts I had on this. First one is our first year of marriage. Um, I knew how to cook about five different casseroles. Um, I was raised on casseroles. Yeah. I mean, you just, and I loved them. And, but we had them every week mm -hmm. for the whole, and, and my husband, we now joke, like we've never, we, he can never eat them again. He can't even look at them <laughs> again. And he was very gracious during, I, he, I never knew this till later, but he was like, Aww. if I never see, if I never see shepherd's pot again, I'm okay because <laughs> we had it every week. Um, so right. some of it, you, you, whatever you're raised with, but then when you start cooking for someone else or other people, and I'm like you, I'm a home cook. I'm not a chef. 
Um, I have a friend, and she and her husband have both always worked full-time, and I was a stay-at-home mom for the most part. It was a little easier to cook and to try mm-hmm. new things and learn new things. That's right. But for her, and they had one son, and she just never liked to cook. Um, but recently she found, uh, I think it's just someone local, who you pick out your meals, they prepare them, and mm-hmm. everybody gets everybody in the family gets to pick what they want. She feels like she's feeding her family well, and she didn't have to cook. And she's, you know, she's just kind yeah. of accepted that's never something that's going to be my go to, oh, I, I can't wait to cook for my family. So. Yeah, that's awesome. She's found a way, right? A strategy. Right. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. The, the rest, the piece that comes to the table because she doesn't feel guilty anymore. I think that's Perfect. A, yeah. probably a big one. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. Definitely. Yeah. It, that's what I wrote down, wrote down. So not having guilt over not cooking everything from scratch, you know, and maybe that if that's you, maybe yes. it's also um, just adding on to what you're already doing. So perhaps it is that frozen lasagna that you've put in the oven, then grabbing a bag of baby carrots to have alongside, you know, just to kind of add on a little right. bit, um, looking for that kind of balance in the meal. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It can be just yeah. adding on or tweaking. It doesn't have to be fancy either. It doesn't. <laughs> no, definitely um, not. All right. So how about our very last one? Okay, let's wrap it up. So number 12, I'm not setting a place for peace itself at my table yet. And if I'm being honest, I don't see how that will change anything. Mm. Yeah. So I wanted to put to words the ache that some women have and are on the brink of giving up around food and their family. And if I have some nutrition tips that I've seen work for others and for myself, boy, why wouldn't I share about how bringing in Jesus to the picture makes a foundational difference? Mm. Yeah, I believe that nutrition is important, obviously, but I believe factoring in the Lord is essential. He is our peace, and He is our rest, and He is what we are craving. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was just thinking in my quiet time this morning, too, because I was thinking about us talking today, how much of Scripture talks about food and, and uses that spiritual correlation. Like, it really you know, does. With, with talks about hunger and thirst and satisfying and yes. so many, you know, honey from the rock, I'll satisfy you. Yes. And Jesus says he's the bread of life and we're yes. the salt of the earth. And I, ju- I just thought, you know, there's got to be... Um, we should be able to approach the table with peace and mm-hmm. that spiritual component. He, I think he wants us to have that peace and that positivity connected with it, if that even makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what's coming to mind for me, Shelley, is when, you know, um, Jesus one time upended tables. Right. And so he wants to right. get rid of, I'm seeing that visual in my mind, like just upend the table oh, that is not yeah. peaceful and bring in his table. You know, even then, if you want to think of, you know, the Last Supper or, you know, the sure. wedding feast um, table, um, the banquet table that's waiting for us. So if we could flip on its side the table that's not bringing us peace, but bring in the table that is Jesus himself, you know, that he's prepared for us and have that peace and rest that's meant to happen. Yeah. That, oh, that is a beautiful picture. Yeah, and that that goes to a lot of the things you've talked about, whether it's the body shame or the eating scars. I mean, just the, all the tables we need to flip that are yeah. the wrong mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's 12 reasons. Like I said, there's many more. Um, and uh, we could go on for a long time. But if you find yourself feeling like, you know, this is me, but, you know, then I, I hope to help you along uh, with that um, at the contented table. So, um, yeah, certainly reach out if someone has any questions or join me there. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll put your information in the show notes. I have found a lot of things from your website. One of the things that blew me away was that sleep, how well you're sleeping. I know I mentioned this to you yeah. uh, the, on your website, that I, how well you're sleeping can affect your cravings and that kind of stuff. So there's really does. There, there's a lot there. There's a lot more than just the counting the calories and looking at the package and, and that kind of stuff. It's very true. There, there's really so much more involved in that. But I've heard you say on another podcast, and, and you might, we're going to share this on a strategy, but sometimes I think as moms, we are so busy getting the meal together and doing all this stuff. We, we're not setting the place to either for ourselves, like not just spiritually, but, and you mentioned, um, making sure you fix your plate first. Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. you have younger kids, yeah. tell us about, tell us about that strategy. Cause I thought that is really good. Sure. Yeah, sure. So we are often like, gosh, like we said, it's like herding cats for the table, right? So we're trying right. to get everyone there at one time and get everybody fed. And then by the time we get them fed, it's like, oh, right now I have to eat. And they've scattered again. And so then you eat. Um, and so just the simple thing of while you're preparing their food, make sure you prepare your own. And so then when they come, you finally get that five minutes of when they're sitting all together right. that you're sitting to. And so don't forget to prepare your plate when you're preparing theirs. And so that even if it's that tiny little bit of a point of connection or rest in the hustle, um, you're going to feel good about, ah, we did it. You know, we all sat there together rather than, or or the other thinking too. And um, is that sometimes if we have an island, kids will jump up to the island, say for lunch or something, and we're doling out the food across the island. Um, And perhaps we stand and eat with them or perhaps we don't. So maybe it's just if you have a table as well, intentionally taking the food to the table so you are shoulder to shoulder and actually sitting down with them. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I don't know. I just found myself when I was a young mom eating so fast (laughs) all the time. (laughs) But I love that idea of just feeling like I didn't just feed people. I enjoyed being with people. And exactly. that's, um, yeah, that, that's a great one. And I think too, that this, again, I think this can go toward having the peace at your table. Um, a lot of times I don't think I trained my kids well for this at all until recent years, but everyone would get up from the table and leave and leave me with the mess. Right. And there's something really depressing about, okay, I fixed all this. Everybody's off having free time and yeah. Now I've got to clean it all up. So I've I've been real t- intentional now that even though they're almost adult children, my kids are 17 to 21, but I'm yeah. like, okay, you two are putting the food away. Yes. You're cleaning off the table. Just to, to, and I think my husband even said once, uh, as we were kind of starting all this, you know, your mom doesn't need to be the last one to leave the kitchen. Right. Like, let's make yeah. sure she was the we're first in one this there. together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I'm sure people can look at just, look at that, you know, you sit down to eat, but you can also see out of the corner of your eye, the dirty pots and dishes that you're going to have to clean when you're done. So true. So it's like, you don't even want to sit down. Sometimes yep. I'm like, I'm just going to go clean while y'all, yes. eat, you know, right. Yeah. 
No. So like, yes. And Shelly, we did that too. I remember um, when our boys were quite little, um, my nephew came and lived with us for a year. He was 18 at the time. So it was really good at helping that generational gap. And you right. know, you ask, you know, my sons would do this too. At this point, at this age, it's like, oh, can you help with the dishes? He's like, well, I just help with the dishes. And we're like, yeah, in our minds going, that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 And so I'm like, okay, how can we help this? And so we made up a schedule and it literally had pictures on it because my youngest was 18 months. And so you can picture him. So everybody had a roll after dinner. Um, and so That's he awesome. literally had like spoons and he was reaching up to the table, which was above his head and putting the spoons on. Um, so <laughs> I actually was so grateful for that to, to be kind of initiated because then we carried that on. Like it was like, okay, what am I on tonight? So they knew that they had their one task. Right. And sometimes it was a quick one and sometimes it was a longer one. So that really, as you described, really helped with my stress, my, you know, my um, rest, you know, increased my rest around. Sure. Tabletop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we don't want anyone to leave here going, well, yeah, I, I have all 12 of those reasons. <laughs> oh, and now I'm more depressed please. than I was when I <laughs> got on the podcast. Um, That's right. Because that is not the goal. The goal is that you leave encouraged, that you're not alone, that these are real things and that there are things you can do about it. And you've given us some great strategies with several of these. Do you have anything else, another nugget that you want to leave with us uh, as we respond today? Maybe one practical tip or a starting place. Yep. So one um, um, that you've probably heard before, but it really, really does help with rest. It was, I would encourage it to be a family um, goal is to protect your meals from screens. So clearly there's lots of steps to get there because like we talked about, maybe you don't even have a table yet, but Um, It can rub the connection that we all crave. So perhaps you've done it. You've got that time when everyone's at the table, but everyone's on their own screen. So um, then you're not face-to-face. Again, we're looking down instead of looking up or looking at each other. So if you currently perhaps eat in the living room with the TV, still eat in the living room as a first step, but turn off the TV. Um, If you eat at the table, um, everyone can visibly put their screens out of reach on silent in a collective basket, if that helps. But making this decision for your family might be a great way to start off this year. Pick a start date, give everyone a heads up, because no one likes change, right? Including myself. Um, So you're going to expect pushback, you know? (laughs) Um, But feel good that you're preserving your family connection point. So it's protecting and preserving that time that you've, um, you've brought people together. And now when you are together, it's protected. I hope that makes sense that you still have connection. Yeah, it does. And I love the words that you're using, protect and preserve, because those are positive and deep and meaningful. It's not just um, no screens or no, put your phone down. You know, it's let's protect our time. Um, The goal is not to have this perfect meal. And I, I, you know, I envy and love when people have devotions at their meals and they have all this. Sometimes just sitting down at the table all together for 10 minutes, like that's the that's 100%. as long as we all overlap. You got it. Is, is a yes, win. Yes, exactly. We're not trying so, to, do, like you said, do perfectly. Yeah. Like we see all that on Pinterest, right? The perfect meals and everything. That's not reality. No. Right. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to do the best. Absolutely. Okay. So I've got one more question for you before we go, because we talk a lot here on the podcast about living in the now and the not yet. We're 
a lot of times life didn't turn out the way we expected. For most of us, we could say that, um, or as planned. So what would you, Jane, go back if you could and tell your younger self? Mm -hmm. This is such a great question. Um, Something immediately came to mind when I read this question, Shelley, and I was thinking back to when I was a young mama. I really had a lot of self-doubt. I felt like I didn't understand these creatures called boys. I <laughs> I, yeah, right. I felt like I, I had left a job to be with them that I was good at. And now I was living a calling I felt like I was failing at. Um, and that mm. is being a mom. So I wish I could tell her it is worth it that the seeds mm. planted and the sleepless nights are growing me too, not just them. And as I was singing oh, children's really? worship songs to them and Bible stories, it was ministering to my heart too. And I can see that now. You know, that my weakness was actually a good thing because it sent me to my dependence on the Lord. And that is where my faith grew, subtly but compounding silently. And all the little injections of a verse memorized while hushing the floor or helping them memorize a Bible verse added up for me too. And I can only see this now. Right. I just yesterday actually read um, a, a post on motherhood and it was talking about that motherhood is an anointing just like any other calling. And we know that in our heads, but sometimes not in our hearts. And though this mama, and I'll send you the link, Shelley, her name is Monica Schweitzer. She's okay. on Anointed Motherhood on Substack. Um, she was speaking to younger moms, but it spoke to me too, because mothering doesn't become less intentional, just different, and that anointing still stands. And so I wish that at a younger um, stage in, in motherhood is what I'm thinking of, is that I could have known that this is an anointing. God's got this, and it's not in vain. Everything that you're doing that seems hard and seems futile is not, because it's not just helping the children. It's helping you, and it's growing your heart and faith as well. That is so true, and I, I don't think I'd really thought of it that way till you said it too, but um, I know I've, I've thought a lot about how marriage can be like a very sanctifying process yes. because you're having to be so, so you're, you know, you're having to learn to be selfless and everything else, but that it really is a sanctif- sanctification mm-hmm. process or sanctifying process, parenting. And like you, I can think of tons of things that in teaching it to my kids, I was, it was resonating with me too, or I was having to apply it as That's well. Right. Um, so that is a that is a very good point, and I love that whole thought of just it being anointed. Like we think of people in in ministry are the ones that are anointed or full time vocational ministry, but really whatever God has called us to do, whatever wherever He's placed us, um, He's anointing us to to do exactly. that job, and that's it's pretty powerful way to look at it. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. Okay, so. Tell our listeners where they can find you. And again, I'll have all of this information on um, on the show notes. Sure thing, yeah. So I write and podcast on Substack at The Contented Table. That's the name of my newsletter. So I'm trying to build a community that brings peace to our tables and rest to our spirit through words of nourishment for body and soul. So as I mentioned, if you found yourself saying, you know, I... I resonate with this, but I want to know what to do next. Come on over to the contented table on Substack, and that's where we talk about things further. So I really have kind of three strands to that where we talk about family nutrition, we talk about cooking basics, and we talk about faith. Um, so newsletters come out newsletters come out approximately weekly. I, I was 
committing to twice a month, but it's really pretty much weekly right now. I'm still getting into my rhythm, but um, if you subscribe, then you would receive um, a, a version of a, po a blog post or a podcast. Um, we also have a community chat. So this is where I picture, I love this part of it, picture us sitting around my kitchen table with one of my mismatched mugs and uh, we continue the conversation. Um, so I can add knowledge and perspective, but there's so much wisdom in the collective of women. I just love it that we can go back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I have an archive of newsletters yes. there, including foundational posts on healthy eating that will always be free. Um, and if you'd like to be one that just takes information and run with it, consider joining the free subscription and you'll gain access um, to the newsletter about once a month. And like I said, everything right now at the, at the time of this recording is free, but at some point there will be a paid subscription option. Um, and I'm also working on some fun things like adding an audio recipe story with recipes and also something new I'm toying with called a kitchen diary, which is basically unperfect pictures <laughs> of what's happening in my kitchen. Oh, I love <laughs> it. <Intentionally. laughs> yeah, so lots of fun there. Um, and I also will send you a link for seven easy tweaks to bring peace to your table, and that will help you get started. So we've mentioned some strategies today, but these will give you some more to get going. Um, but yeah, so that is where I'll be. It's all fairly new for me. I'm accepting this calling and um, trying to hear the, word, the, the words of the Lord in this, um, but just love to encourage moms along these lines. Awesome. Awesome. And thank you for providing that um, free resource too. That will be huge. So the, the seven ideas, the seven strategies. And I have to say too, I love, I love that you're doing the... Um, the audio recipe thing. And I'll, I told you this, but I'll tell the listeners. Yeah. I was listening to Jane in my car on my way to the Super Walmart uh, during the Christmas break and heard her talk about these um, savory pretzels. I, I don't remember exactly right. the name of the recipe, but I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going in Walmart right now to get the ingredients for this because <laughs> it sounds so easy. And it was, and they were so good. So um, that was awesome. fun to listen to and and fun to go in and shop for right there in the moment. Well, Jane, <laughs> That's great. thank you so, so much for being with us on the Unperfect Podcast. And I look forward to um, hearing more from you over at Substack. Awesome. Thanks so much, Shelly, for having me. It's been a joy. I hope you've not only found some clarity to the reasons you may not be finding peace at your table as you've listened to this series of podcasts, but also a few strategies for moving to a place of peace and rest around mealtime. So today we heard Jane cover the last four reasons we don't have peace at our tables, dealing with picky eaters, cravings, cooking skills, and finally just setting a place for peace itself, which is only possible with Jesus. And I'm still over here stunned by that poignant picture Jane gave us of Jesus flipping the tables that didn't need to be in the presence of His Father so that we can truly feast at the table of peace He has prepared for us. Like, I feel like I need a plaque on my kitchen wall depicting that. So any of you really crafty people out there, Maybe you can design something and put it in your Etsy shop. Okay, I know I'm going to marinate on that a little longer, but I also want to encourage you in one other thing that Jane mentioned, and that is if you struggle with cravings or emotional eating to such a point that it's just not going to get better, no matter the accountability or the willpower you have, do get some professional help. There are Christian therapists who can help you work through things like trauma and grief and other huge barriers to finding this kind of peace, not 
not just at the table, but in life. And I personally have benefited greatly from these kinds of services. It does not mean you're not spiritual enough to handle life. It actually means you're wise enough to know what King Solomon said about this many times in Proverbs, that a discerning person obtains guidance and that a fool's way is right in his own eyes, but whoever listens to counsel is wise. So I do highly recommend that if that's something you have thought about and maybe run the fence about. The links to all the things that Jane mentioned today will be in the show notes from the free download she has for us on steps to find peace at your table, as well as the blog post she mentioned by Monica Schweitzer on anointed motherhood. And as always, I pray that you are able to see glimpses of glory in the now and the not yet of your unperfect life and even your unperfect table. See you next time.